This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute, the global public square for the business of space. Join us at interastra.space. We had just settled in with our meals when we heard a great shout upstairs. Wow, look at that! Now, you have to understand something very important here. This was a gross violation of one of the most sacred rules of spaceflight. And that rule is, there shall be no sentences ending in that. As in, what the heck was that? Why? Because that sentence is guaranteed to give a heart attack to every crew member who can't see whatever portent of impending doom triggered your outburst. And that's exactly what happened on the middeck. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at kathysullivanexplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to kathysullivanexplorers.com. Being an astronaut was a lot about hard work. Mastering the shuttle's complex systems, collecting data, completing our assigned missions and such like that. But we had some great fun up there too. Here are a couple of treasured memories I'd like to share from my third mission when our crew got to live out some Hollywood sci-fi fantasies for real. I hope you enjoy the tale. Did you grow up, like I did, watching Captain James T. Kirk and his crew aboard the Starship Enterprise explore the universe and defend the Federation? Or perhaps you remember Luke Skywalker destroying the Death Star with photon torpedoes in the first Star Wars film. I never missed an episode of Star Trek when I was young and loved the Star Wars story, especially the superb flying scenes. But let me tell you, I never imagined while watching those that I would someday fly in space, much less that one of my missions would involve photon torpedoes. We didn't really have photon torpedoes aboard the space shuttle, of course. Space shuttle missions never carried any weapons, for one thing, much less imaginary ones like Gene Roddenberry and George Lucas featured in their sci-fi series. But we did once feel like we were firing photon torpedoes, and we had a little piece of Star Wars with us to boot. The bit of Star Wars was an Oscar. Yes, one of the golden statues you see handed out at the Academy Awards each year. Film director, producer, screenwriter, and entrepreneur George Lucas who created not only the Star Wars franchise, but also Indiana Jones and American Graffiti, Lucas was getting an award that year for his tremendous body of work. And as it happened, the award ceremony would take place while we were in orbit. So NASA had agreed to stow his Oscar statue aboard Atlantis and have us connect into the ceremony and present it to him live. The seven of us gathered on the shuttle's flight deck 
a few days before the ceremony, to practice our shtick. Our commander, Charlie Bolden, and I were in the middle of the group, with pilot Brian Duffy and mission specialist Mike Full on either side. Mike's job was to gently flip the statue so it would somersault gracefully into the middle of the TV frame. And my job was to snag it midair and then leave it floating right in front of us while Charlie read the presentation speech. Now, beaming video back to the ground in real time was a rather shaky proposition back then, so we taped our little ceremony ahead of time and downloaded it to Mission Control, just in case. It turned out that was a wise move on our part, since we were unable to link up live during the ceremony. But even pre-taped, the result was really cool. Steven Spielberg called Lucas up to the stage, sang all his very well-deserved praises, and gave the background for the award. Then he said something about some special people joining to make the presentation. We popped up on a large screen in a grainy black and white scene that made it look like the signal was coming from the outer reaches of the galaxy. We didn't get to watch this live, of course, but Charlie made sure we each got a tape of our Oscar moment to go with the Hollywood glam pics we took of each other kissing the statue like real movie stars. You can't help but have Star Wars on your mind when you get to present an Oscar to George Lucas, and we were definitely thinking of it when the time came to power up our electron beam experiment. This was designed to probe how the Earth's aurora works, and specifically how strong an aurora is produced by each burst of energy from the sun. The key to figuring that out was to fire a beam of electrons with a known amount of energy down toward the top of the atmosphere and use some super sensitive cameras to measure how much luminosity or glow it produced. It was basically a dose response experiment just like you might see done in medicine. All the gear needed to do this was mounted on a large pallet out in our cargo bay, which we controlled with a laptop from inside the shuttle's cabin. Electricity from the shuttle itself fed into circuits inside this instrument that could store up enough energy to make bursts of various sizes. The game plan was to start with lower doses and build up slowly over several days. We had split up into two shifts on this flight so that we could work around the clock, and it turned out that our redshift crew of Brian Duffy, Mike Fole, and Byron Lichtenberg would have the honor of doing the first run on this experiment. As the red shift started preparing, my blue shift crewmates and I were down on the shuttle's mid-deck, grabbing some dinner, unwinding for an hour-long day, and basically getting ready to sleep. As eager as we were to see the beam fire, we didn't want to overcrowd the flight deck while our pals were busy with that important work. So we just went about our business, but of course kept half an ear open to follow the chatter from upstairs. We had just settled in with our meals when we heard a great shout upstairs. Wow, look at that! Now, you have to understand something very important here. This was a gross violation of one of the most sacred rules of spaceflight. And that rule is, there shall be no sentences ending in that. As in, what the heck was that? Why? because that sentence is guaranteed to give a heart attack to every crew member who can't see whatever portent of impending doom triggered your outburst. And that's exactly what happened on the middeck. All heart rates spiked. We abandoned our spoons, trays, and food containers floating around the middeck and flew up topside. Crowding be damned at this point, we needed to know what was going on. 
We got there as the experiment was charging up for the next pulse and saw an eerie glowing blue glob building up around the coffee can-sized barrel of the instrument. A timer was ticking off the seconds remaining until the next pulse. Five, four, three, two, one. At zero, the glowing blob positively leapt off the coffee can, becoming a bright blue ball that zoomed away from the shuttle. It was moving at the speed of light, of course, so we only got a fleeting glimpse of it. But even that was enough to see that it was spiraling downward along the bending path of a magnetic field line. If you remember your basic physics, you'll know that's exactly what Maxwell's equations tell you it will do. But understanding an equation intellectually is one thing. And seeing the behavior with your own eyes as you soar hundreds of miles above a planet at 17,500 miles an hour? That's quite another thing. Let me tell you, the seven of us were positively giddy at the thought that our photon torpedoes were way cooler than George Lucas's special effects. If you want to see this for yourself, you can check out the 16-minute video summarizing our entire mission that I've posted at kathysullivanexplorers.com. It shows you not only the beam and the glow it produced, but features also a shooting star streaking by beneath us, and some of the other bits of fun we had while we were in orbit. The video of our star turn at the Oscars is there too, by the way, and I promise you the startled look on George Lucas's face is quite priceless. Enjoy. Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplorers.com. This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute. New episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and most everywhere podcasts are found. To be the first to know when the next episode drops, head over to interastra.space.